0: We've had a message from, amongst you've seen it, from Marcus Hudd saying, the World Wide Web is saturated with podcasts and nothing will beat the Retro Rovers pod. But well, I'm sorry. I like it ages ago. Gotcha.
1: We've expanded
0: gotcha. our 3% Rovers, you know, content. I appreciate that. But we'll, people are drunk on Rovers now. Um, so we'll have to go Rovers free for the next couple of weeks. But... Um, but now I've really
2: no, 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 no. I just think keep it. I think we are quite a good mix here. You got a little bit of rover because we're heads are aren't we? And so oh, I to talk a little bit about rovers. But we've also had a good mix of cricket, a little bit of mix around um, glorified rangers. Um, you know, so I think it's a good mix.
0: <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Totem Bar Podcast with Ollie Down, Andy Monks, and me, Luke Smith. What we thought we'd do is start a podcast, and we thought we'd launch it just as every other bass has gone back to work and has got no time to listen to it. This podcast, we're hoping, will feel like three lads sat around a pub table chatting about extraordinary sporting moments, good or bad, the great and the good documentaries we watched that week, and some extra bits in between. What we do to launch the introduction podcast is start with an introduction, and the reasons why we love our favourite sports and hate our least favourite sports. We'll then take it in turns to outline two clips we found on YouTube. We'll discuss a documentary we watched this week, and Monksy will present Ollie and I with the worst bit of sporting tat he's found lying around this house this week. We're going to have some pub games, some music chat, and I'm sure everything else in between. So let's crack on. Ollie, you're up first this week.
1: My name's Ollie Down. Uh, I like football, not at the moment, but I do like it normally. <laughs> <laughs> A uh, big fan of cricket as well. Uh, yeah, that's about it really. I'll give anything a watch really. I'd give game chess a watch if, rivals or England are playing.
0: I remember you once saying you'd you'd watch you'd watch Tillywinks. You'd, you'd oh, yeah. get the flares out for Tiddlywinks if England were playing.
2: Oh yes, definitely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and what about you, Andy? What's your uh, favourite and least favourite sport?
2: Um, I wouldn't say I've got a favourite sport as such. Um, I like all sports. So I'm. My old man would always joke that I'd watch two flies fall up a wall. I thought it was a race. Um, I don't like any American sports, particularly fucking baseball. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, and the reason that's funny will become apparent in about half an hour.
2: Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I love all sport. I know football. Football's my passion. I love cricket. Um, I don't mind rugby, much to your um, uh, bemusement, Luke. Um speedway, pool Snooker, starts you name it. I like it. As as you can see, Monksy's got his cotton traders jumper on. <laughs> no, 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 no. no still island. Oh, I'm, still a island, I'm still island right up, you know, the ruined end bar, aren't we? So you've got to be still island right up, you know, in case it all kicks off.
0: Yeah, Andy's in his kitchen away.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Fair play. And what are you drinking now, Andy? What have you got?
2: Um, I just finished off the bowl of ham of um Heineken. Barrel. Got the, amp- <laughs> <laughs> got the barrel of Amp just gone on now and um that's, that's just chilling nicely. So when that's finished, we can get on the Amp then. And I got a nice barrel of beer and moretti ready to go if 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 needs be.
0: So that's a lovely drop. And what about you, Ollie? What what have you got?
2: Just gone for a nice little glass of rose
1: wine. Nice rose. And, nice and sophisticated it
0: Very cosmopolitan. I've gone what have I gone? Shiraz. I knew it was some kind of red. Um, yeah, it's quite nice to be fair. I know,
2: I know um, you guys are a bit, a, a bit younger, but you do remember what the tote you didn't remember what the tote end was like. I can't really see many people on the tote end
0: <laughs> drinking <in> Shiraz rose
2: <laughs> or go, walking in going can I have, a, can I have a top of rose,
0: please. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny, isn't it? What, have you got there? Are me. What, what are you drinking there? Just some echo fools.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm on the off possible. I'm, I, I'm, on, uh, I'm on the Watney beer. What do you want? Oh, I'm on the Shiraz.
0: Oh, I bloody love that black rat. What do you like, Ollie? <laughs> oh, wow, I bloody love that. What do you call it? That blossom is cool,
2: I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm on the straw hat. I like this English drop.
0: So what we'll do first, then, is run through the um, the YouTube clips. I think I've structured it in a way that, that sort of flows on. Um, what I thought we'd do is start with one of my clips, um, mainly because... because oh, well,
2: it Because you're in charge?
0: No, I'm not in charge. It's, it's an organic process <laughs> that I happen to be in charge of. And... um. What I thought I'd do is start with the clip of the ball going out of play from the goal kick, and the wind just takes it straight back out again. So if I set the scene, it's Newport County against Bristol Rovers. I think it happened in like 2011. The Newport I was County there. keeper throws it on the floor, and he, he goes to kick it long, and uh, it just kicks it so high up in the air, and the, the wind just takes it and just fucks it back off for a for a for a corner. <laughs> But what I find amazing about this Is the Newport County defender It bounces twice in front of him He could quite easily <laughs> clear this for a throw in He could quite easily send it out the pit And he just watches it bounce past him Like he's a pebble or something And um, that whole clip for me sums up Bristol Rovers Why I follow Bristol Rovers Why I love lower league football A goalkeeper kicking the ball out for a corner Because of the wind Defender not, not playing the ball It's pissing down with rain It's fucking Newport County versus Bristol Rovers And it's just the worst, the worst nine seconds of football you could possibly wish to see, and you know we've all been season ticket holders in the past, and it's you know we love it. For, well I love it certainly for for that reason. What did you, what did you make of it? It was it was there. I yeah, was
1: there. I, was there I was there as there well. Yeah, I'm, yeah, me too. I'm pretty sure, unless I'm confused, did Billy Bowden score for us that day?
0: No, this is this happened before that. Oh, this
1: was
2: you. I, uh, I think this may well have been the season we got relegated.
0: I think it's before that. I think this is 2011. So I think this is League Two, no, the, the glory days. I think this is I'm going to be one off right. Michael Sorry, or right. like.
2: I'm, just, I'm just trying to picture away. Because I was I, I was, at <laughs> a scene ticket that, that year in the family enclosure, luckily. Because it was the first season my girls came along. And I had a few mates <laughs> in, the, in the away end who got at absolutely drenched and I think a bit like when we went to Swindon they said they've never been that wet before in their life
0: no just
2: do- um, I believe Chris Zabroski scored against us in that game
0: yeah it might well have been that game actually yeah, I yeah think I think so. he uh, ran off like a lunatic
1: I think that's the two Rovers references each used up in the first six minutes
0: <laughs> yeah that's, that's 3% Rovers content <laughs> that was a brave shout
2: to be fair that was a brave shout, 3%. <laughs> That's what we're
0: on, isn't
2: it? No, but I, I, think, I think, for me, it completely underlines and outlines exactly why lower league football is brilliant. Yeah, you won't get that. Them, uh, you won't get that in day. the Premier League. You won't get that in the Championship. Because they've got all their bloody massive bowls of stadia and seats and all of that. So we the wind schools. doesn't really get in. We've got tents.
0: we got deck chairs. We've got tents.
2: <laughs> You know we are I all camps, it, we? You know, we, we our ground's brilliant. I love it.
0: <laughs> to be fair, that it happened at the seated end of the ground. So I'm not sure seats are the are, are the are the calls. I just think it was just one of the but why didn't you kick it lower? Why didn't you just play it on the floor? It's not like it just suddenly became windy. It was fucking it down all game. <laughs> I mean,
2: it was just, fucking why it down why all you just game? Play it on the floor. <laughs> it was I, I, I've never seen anything like it. I mean I've been watching football a bit longer than you guys, a bit older than you guys. I've never seen anything like that
0: before in my yeah. life. I haven't seen it since. I've never seen it since. It was just, yeah, extraordinary bit of bit of football.
2: Even in yeah. local football, I've never seen it. When it's new, you know, in a park.
0: Low. The farce and you know playing on the bogs and playing, just 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 when it's fucking it down and it just you, you, they play a pass and it just stops the ball just just <laughs> absolutely stops dead. You don't get that in 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 Premier League football or you know or first division football anywhere in the world anymore. And when we were growing, you I know, mean, we, we saw the back end of it, Ollie. But you know, you look at some of the pitches in the sixties and seventies and some of the you know the farms they were playing on, and you look at the stadium they got now, the stadiums they got now, and grass they have got now. You know, it's such a homogenised and such a a pure sport now that the, those moments are just are gone, I think. And I think we're lucky to have YouTube to to really sort of hit home of where football came from and why we fell in love with the game, for me I, anyway.
1: I remember one of my first moments of watching Rovers was Rovers played a home game. I can't remember who they were playing. We had James Hunt playing for us in midfield. And I remember he tapped the ball around the keeper. It was absolutely levering down at the man in front of the platform end. And James Hunt t- tapped it past the keeper and the ball stopped in a puddle. On the, yeah,
0: on the line, yeah, yeah, brilliant. I mean, that happens. That happens more often than you think. There's that famous footage in there, is it, in um in South America where the guys played the ball. It might even actually been Liverpool, actually, not South America. And he's played the shot, and he's run off, swinging his shirt in the air, swinging his, his arm and in the uh, air. <laughs> yeah, He yeah. yeah. just kicks and it and off He, the he line. looks <laughs> round
2: and then goes, "Oh, oh and all playing on, mate."
0: <laughs> yeah, that is funny. That is a good clip. Um, so yeah, that's why I thought I'd start with that clip. I just think it just for me. Sums up everything that I love about about sport and about about football. Uh, you know, I love I love the the ragbag nature. It, it feels like something that I like seeing moments in professional football that I feel like I could definitely do, and I feel like I could definitely do that with no wind. You know, I'm so shit that I've put enough backspin on it. It's come back in the air. That's how bad I am. So to be um, fair,
2: I think if you took the goal kick, it would go back out again, but you'd be able to take it again because it wouldn't have left the box.
0: <laughs> are you are you insinuated something that I'm not very good at football, Andy. <laughs>
2: I wouldn't be as rude as to say that but if the cap fits.
0: <laughs> we don't fit. Um, that's, that's my problem. Um, <laughs> so fine. That's that clip done and dusted. Um, Andy, why don't you introduce what you brought to the first clip? With um...
2: yeah, so um, I, I I thought I would look at probably one of my my second favorite ever. Rovers away game. That uh, Rovers game. Sorry, not away game. Rovers game. Without looking at a Derby game, I've had some amazing Derby games. I was there when um, all the fans went on a pitch and Peter Beedle scored and all of that. And obviously, great games. I'm probably not allowed to mention Wigan Away, which is probably the best away game ever I've been to. because I'll be be a running joke of
0: every week. No, (laughs) Wigan Away is banned. (laughs) Fuck Wigan Away.
2: So this game is probably the most memorable game I've ever been to for obvious reasons. Again, I've never seen anything like this before in my life. Um, when you look at the two sides, actually, Ro- Rovers against Brentford um, from 1996, and you look at the Rovers' side and you look at the Brentford side, we had no, they, they had a much better side on paper than us, and we absolutely batted them that day. We won 2-1. And the fact that Rovers played extremely well Um, it's never really been talked about all the game is talked about is the Phantom Whistler Um, and I was on the black end that day and the ball goes forward and Kevin Dearden comes out and catches the ball and for some weird reason just chucks it on the ground straight at the feet of Marcus Browning who rolls it in the back of the net and all the Brentford fans go crazy uh, Brentford players go crazy because they're thinking they've heard a whistle. Now, I was in the ground. I haven't got the greatest hearing, as you probably are aware, but I didn't hear anything. I've never yet met a Rovers fan who heard a whistle that day. So, either Kevin didn't a dog
0: or there wasn't a whistle. <laughs> so, what happened is basically the, the keeper's just put it down, thinking he's heard a whistle.
2: Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. he's come and the ball. Back. Yeah. yeah. He's just, just thrown just... it on the floor. <laughs>
0: What I like about it is before that, so a couple minutes before that in the video, is is a, just a classic goalmouth scramble, and I think there's very little better in the world than a goalmouth scramble. at you know, Division Two, II, Division Three level, you know, seeing seeing adults <laughs> just regress to children fighting over Christmas presents. Is and, that um, when
2: Billy Clark gets the bar for about? Yeah, yeah he
0: Everyone's on the floor, and he still contrives to hit the bar, and it goes over. <laughs> Shocking. And um, yeah, he, the keeper just puts the ball down. But what I liked about it is he put the ball down. And Marcus Bradley comes in and he, he, he dribbles it. He, he dribbles it like two metres <laughs> yeah. and then puts it back on there. He doesn't even try. And, and even they think, celebrate. His celebration is
1: laugh.
2: It.
0: He's laughing. It's celebration, he's
2: laughing his head off. You know, and it's, it's bizarre. It's, it's, it's the most bizarre thing I think I've ever seen. You know, I've, so I've never seen you know, what you mentioned about the, the win, but obviously that's, you know, I can't help that. I, I just, obviously, we've had the things in the past, haven't we, with Dion Dublin hiding behind the post and coming out and pinching the ball when he put it down, and we've had Gary Cosby when he edited the ball out of a, a Mark Cross's hand. Never actually seen a, defender, a goalkeeper catch the ball and just throw it to so a striker
0: to score. I wonder what he thought the foul was given for. Oh, that's, that's what blows my mind. There was, he's not around anyone. He's, there's no one yeah. anywhere near him, and he puts the ball down.
2: The only thing I can no. think of is he thinks it's
0: offside. But you don't, you but don't the, just the have flag a flag hasn't ball. gone up. You have a flag. <laughs> you have a visual and an audio <laughs> symbol for offside. So... Uh, But, yeah, no, it was
2: just, it was surreal. And as you can imagine, Kevin Dearden just got, it's probably about an hour in, I reckon, and Kevin Dearden just got shit for the next half hour. I mean, you can't imagine. He was literally the whole Blackpool end. And there was quite a good crowd there as well. The whole Blackpool end for for 30 minutes non-stop were just giving him non-stop. I mean, he almost left the pitch in tears come the end. (laughs) Which you, which you, you, you... you love to see, you love to see, don't you, from an opposition goalkeeper?
0: There aren't many professions in the world I think I'd rather do less than be a goalkeeper who's just made an error in front of the sort of home <laughs> terrace if you're an away goalkeeper. I think that uh, uh, that sounds like hell. It sounds like I couldn't think of much worse than that. He says, Smith you fucking idiot. Wow. It's not put it on the floor, you fucking donut. <laughs> My dad. <laughs> Ollie, what have you brought with you for uh, your first clip of round one?
1: So I I bought uh the three cheers for Ramirez from Mike Bassett. I don't think I'm hamming it up when I say it's the greatest film of all time.
0: Oh, it is good, isn't it? It is a good film. It's
1: just it's just I incredible. I think the
0: greatest film of all time
2: is maybe going a bit bad, but it is very, very, very I'm
1: good. I'm I've yet to see a better one. Certainly not the documentary that we're we're about to discuss after, because that was just <laughs> <really cool.
0: laughs> oh, Pennsylvania's my documentary already. I was worried about that. Yeah, it's... what I like about it is it—it's it, obviously so low budget that film. And Ricky Thompson went out and—and and, you know afterwards he became a like the face of Farm Foods, didn't he? And that—that yeah. that, that, you know the money he must have made off that film probably barely kept them in Farm Foods. Be... <laughs> <laughs> so, so low rent.
2: I tell you what, I never was that Bradley Walsh was in it until so I saw yeah. the clip.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, uh, so, you so so few little, <laughs> few little names in it. It's a—it's oh, a quality film. But why is it about this clip that you, you like so much else?
1: It's just it reminds me of probably uh, something that Ben Garner would come with. To be honest, I actually <laughs> was, was, was oh. was to say that I probably have m- rather have Mike Bassett in charge than uh, than Ben Garner. Absolute claim.
0: It is a low bar, isn't it? My, Mike it is Bassett. It, you know the scales, like the scales of justice. There's like perfectly neutral because they both a shit at each other. But I quite like it. It just reminds me of every team talk I ever had as a you know in, in Sunday League. <laughs> Yeah, everyone's on their phone. The phone rings, and he comes and fucking launches it out of his hands.
2: <laughs> yeah, so you it alone. <laughs> it's it's a good one. Yeah, I, I do, I do, I, I do get that because I've I've been in a change room before when I was Sir Mangan. We've just been beaten four or five nil, and we get in, and the manager is not very happy, and a player or someone and go, they were bloody good, they weren't they? <laughs> and everyone's going, no, shut up, boy, you want a bang, you know? <laughs> Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah an I think an amateur tactician. Everyone's saying, you "Now, why don't you block the run? Why aren't you chasing the channels?" And in reality, you're just a bunch of fat blokes who, who can <laughs> barely barely string five passes together, and none of us can none of us can chase down. You know, the the 18 year old who's just come off of Arsenal's books. But yeah, I, 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 it is it is a perfect encapsulation of of everything. Again, it just points back to that sort of amateurish football. I mean, obviously, they're supposed to be in at a World Cup, which, again, is just... i would. How good would it be if England decided to boycott and the fans put a fans team together and they just took a, a, a bunch hard. of blokes?
1: <laughs> where, 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 did, where did Monksy play? Up front?
0: Yeah. I was a fullback. Was Little and large partnership. <laughs>
1: full-back. What's that, left-footed,
0: right-footed? Both.
1: Both. both. <laughs> Even is bad with both. <laughs> I
0: could do both, yeah. <laughs> Quickest player on the team? I was. Never not yeah, not yeah. <laughs> Did I imagine
1: I it? Or I, I, were you, a referee, Monxy? you are a referee.
2: Say it again, mate. Did, did you were you a refereed or do I imagine that? No, 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 no. I am a referee. I I, I refereed at a, a fairly good level. I played at a good level. And then done me lig- done me ligaments and then oh, yeah. A referee,
0: uh, we all get ligaments.
2: Played again for a little bit and then the referee... Got if I was the conference safe on the referee, yeah? That was fair enough.
0: What you say to Red Good standard. Relatively <laughs> good standard, yeah.
2: Happy with that. Brett Huxtable, I am not. <laughs> Brett Huxtable is a Jet of a referee. So it's, it's a toss-up in it between him and
0: Trevor Kettle, isn't it? Who's the worst? Oh, Trevor Kettle by far and away is the worst referee I've ever seen. Trevor Kettle. Like, there was a we don't remember when like creating Facebook groups were the thing. It, when Twitter wasn't really that big. So people back in like the early 2010s would like <clears throat> create a Facebook group for what they were thinking. And then there was a, one of them. Like, I remember this. My, friend, my best friend growing up was a Nottingham Forest fan. And um, he, 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 he sent me a link to this Facebook group. And it said, Fuck Trevor Kettle. And if he ever comes to the City <laughs> Ground again, I'll kill him. And it had 1,200 members.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I probably get in trouble now because I, I used to swear back at the players. If they would swear at me, I just say, Fuck off. Did you have a chance? At- I, I, I can remember one game. Well, bloke's had a he's had a pop at me for giving a, what he thought was a, a a corner when it should be a goal kick. He's gone down the wing of ten minutes later and crossed the ball straight into the into the crowd in the background. And I've gone, fuck me, you're fucking you're telling me I'm shit. Look at the state of that. <laughs> and to be fair, he took my last minute, Yeah, fair play, ref. You know, and that's how I was. I was I could give as much as I got, you know, and I would try and chat to the players and you know, you yeah, you're gonna have a they're, they're gonna moan, they're gonna have a have a have a, have a and all that. And as long as they didn't get personal, I didn't mind about it. You know, don't call, cheater, yeah, a, you know don't call me a cheat. Yeah, there's a. You know, don't call me a cheat. I don't ever cheat. I might get it wrong, but I don't cheat. You know, and yeah, if I got it wrong, I got it wrong. I'm sorry. I don't do it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and most most players and managers and all that respected that. You know, if you said man after the game went hands up, yeah, I got that one wrong. it's so when man, go, oh yeah, fair enough, no problem. You know, yeah, so I would definitely cheat. I would
0: definitely if if. Some, some player was giving me shit and he went down and it was, it was even if it was like a dubious, obvious foul, play on, hands would be straight out in the, in the you know, advantage motion. I would not give them an inch. Yeah, They'd be it, ju- it. It'd be, I, I'd be, I'd rubbish. I'd be a terrible referee.
2: So referees like that, which is why I always said when I was a manager of players, you don't have a go at the ref. You want the referees your best mate, not as your enemy. There's so the referees out there, especially in the local leagues, who will give stuff against you just to piss you off. Because yeah. you've been giving them shit, would they? Don't
0: blame them. <laughs> but Mike Dean's got to the top of it. Mike Dean's got to the top of the game by being a professional wanker. He's a professional dickhead who owns who owns a yellow and a red card and a notebook, and he's somehow in the Premier League, he's he's fucking terrible, absolute yeah. clown of a bloke. I
2: I, I got to say, Ollie I, I like how you obviously take an inspiration from um, Nasser Hussain as
0: well, with the books yeah. behind you
2: and the hairline. You and the hair well,
1: your your looking mint as well, aren't it? too fair. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and he says hairline looking like an egg.
2: <laughs> I, I have no choice on their hairline, you know. But yeah, that's yeah, good.
0: It's on like the Gildan polo shirt. £4 pounds <laughs> off Amazon. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, fine. So, yeah, Mike Bassett is, was an excellent choice. I really, really like that. Um, it, it basically
2: is Sam Allardyce, wasn't it? It was Sam Allardyce as well.
0: Yeah, yeah that's what I was going to say, actually. It was, Sam, it was... In
2: fact, Sam Allardyce is based on Mike Bassett. Because Sam Allardyce is a Mike Bassett parody.
1: He's yeah. more of himself and the great man himself. But I
0: think you can find <laughs> basically every manager, basically a pastiche or a or a parody of every manager in the Premier League within Mike Bassett currently. You know, he, he's got the media handling of like Jurgen Klopp. He's got the body of Big Sam. You know, he's got the he's got the, the the personal life of Roy Hodson, You know, going up living in living in Norfolk, contributing fuck all to the wider society, but just managing games. <laughs> he's got the tactical now, of I'm not I'm not going to say. The Rover's manager's name. This is a this is a Rover's manager free game. But, Martin uh, Dobson. Yeah, the Martin, Martin Dobson. He's just. <laughs> I think that's why everyone. He's like he's an everyman. He is in reality what we'd all be as football managers. We all think we'd be good managers. We all think we'd be good, sort of tactically, and we you know we know best. But ultimately, we'd all lose our shit at everyone. We we couldn't handle their egos. They wouldn't listen to us, and then it would just go yeah. to crap in two games, and we'd lose to the Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> i was introduced to that i was i was working on tills as a as a kid as a teenager and um just as like a part time job i was introduced to, to that film by um by this this kid who came up from nottingham he was like a male model and now, now he's on youtube and you know really successful so you know he's gone on to have a great career and you know the legacy he's left me is fucking mike bassett so you know our careers <laughs> are going in very different directions <laughs> Um, right, so we have just had a little break. Um, let's crack on then with round two of the clips, and I believe Andy, we're going first with your second clip.
2: Okay, so um, the the clip for me is a bit, you know, irrelevant almost. It's just
0: well, thanks for right, move to Ollie's clip then.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just to me, I could have picked a hundred clips of this man. For me, this man is the greatest wicketkeeper this country has ever produced. He, you, 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 you could go on YouTube and you can just Google Jack Russell amazing stumpings, and you'll have pages and pages and pages and pages and pages and pages. Not the the bloke book. is an absolute freak of nature. The fa- the fact, the very fact that he could stand up to John Lewis and Mike Smith back in the day when you know I went and watched the the glorious Gloucesters as they were called, and we won. Back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back one-day trophies. The bloke was an absolute weirdo. The bloke's completely off the chart. There I mean, will never, ever be another Jack Russell.
1: Monksy, my, uh, I was chatting to my old man earlier on about this podcast, and I said that you picked a, a Jack Russell stump-in, and I hadn't actually looked at your actual clip at the time, but then my old man was telling me about a stump in against Somerset, uh, at Lords and down
2: the, le- down, the, down the leg side off John Lewis says it was the best dump yeah. he's ever seen yeah I was there I was there um, probably the be- a better one was actually the same season I'm not sure if it was in the same tournament or the other tournament because that tournament where we, where we beat Somerset we also beat Glamorgan in the other one and we won both 50 over trophies um, and we played Yorkshire in the semi-finals up at the um, up at the county ground. And Darren Lehman was batting for Yorkshire and Mike Smith's bowling and he's coming in with his usual left arm over the wicket. And he's, he's bowled his ball. And I don't know whether he saw Darren Lehman come in a little bit or not. I don't know. We'll give him some credit and we'll say he saw him inching down the wicket and it's gone. He's bowled it down and the stumps have gone everywhere and everyone's gone. Yeah, Darren Lehman's walked off and Jack Russell's done his usual jump up in the air, both legs behind his back and all that. And the the the, the, studio, uh, the, the stadium announcer's gone Darren Lehman, bold, Mike Smith, 10, whatever it was he, he scored. And it was only when we went back and watched the Sky Sports replay in the bar that the ball had gone down leg side, and Jack, as quick as a flash, had taken it one handed and like that, or whipped the bells off. It was so quick, nobody in the stadium even saw it, and everybody thought he was bold. It was the most unbelievable bit of wicketkeeping I have ever seen in my life. and I could probably say that about four or five things when he played for England, when he played for Gloucestershire. The bloke was just completely up up there, different different level. I, I know we're keeping this change now where you've got the other bat and all of that. But as an actual gloveman, the, the gloves, there will be nobody ever like him again.
0: I was thinking about this earlier on about um, cricket. You know, you're, you're, you two are absolutely massive cricket fans. I like cricket. I like watching cricket. I love, you know, going to watch Gloucester live. I, I'll go and see them as as much as I can in a season, you know, a gas and gloss double doubleheader on a Saturday, you know, on a sunny Saturday afternoon in August, you know, I I don't think there's many better days than that. I absolutely love that. But I don't profess to be a, a cricket nerd. I don't profess to, to understand all the, um all the, I don't know all the field positions, to be honest. I don't, you know, I'm not an encyclopedia when it comes to, you know, pre 2004, 2000, probably the ashes, I'd say 2005 ashes was when I really started getting into cricket. So anything before that was kind of really passed me by. But what I was thinking was like, Sport objectively now is better. You know, the athletes now are better than they've ever been because of sports science, because of the facilities they've got. They are much, much better than they were. But what I was also think, loads of games have changed. Now, the rules of football have changed so much. The rules of rugby, rugby is a completely different looking game now to to what it used to be, rugby league especially. And um what what amazes me is like, like cricket, the, the rules, if, if you know, I, I could be a on here, but but looking at that and looking at the way that the that the field's set up, looking at the way that the bowler comes into the bowl, all right, there might be slight nuances and slight refinement of the detail of the way that they're actually attacking and the science that goes into the analysts of it. But it just, you, you could you could put that in black and white and claim it's from the 1800s. And, you know, you, you, you'd kind of believe it. I mean, there wasn't any telling the 1800s, so you, you would be a little bit sceptical. But you could, <laughs> you'd believe it, wouldn't you? You know, it, it, it's a game that has has kept its... You know, it might have lost its, you know, its standing in in world sport in terms of popularity. Maybe not world sport because of India, but you know, certainly in the Western world. But it's one of those games that, to my eye, hasn't changed all that much. And I think that's a, I think that's a really, really good thing. It's managed to endure. You know, all the fans have died, so no one goes to watch the, you know, the tests anymore. you know, certainly the local tests. But I think it's, it's I one think of those. They, cra- do.
2: They, 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 they do in England, don't they? In India and in Australia, you're right. It has died out. Yeah, in you know New Zealand and your Pakistan's and certainly in yeah. your West Indies, we were always yeah. dominated for years, didn't they? With their great, the great right. bowlers great. and the great team they had. But
0: the speed they have, even now, you know, I was watching another cricket documentary, um, which I'm sure we'll cover in a couple of weeks when it's my turn again. Uh, if you ever let me have a turn, and. um <laughs> And even now, you know, the, the, the bowlers all fear the West Indies. You know, the West Indies haven't had a, a wonderful side since the 80s. They've had some you know, some special players come through and they've got some big hitters in their team sitting in their back in up for the last sort of 10 years. But, but yeah, that, that team's so enduring. And that's what I love about cricket. You know, th- those teams, th- those wonderful teams can, can play in any era. I don't think that's the case in football. I think wonderful players can make it, but I think wonderful teams. I think the Arsenal Invincibles now if you take it back to football, battered, battered every week because of the way the game's changed. But I think you can take a That's wonderful cool. cricket team and, you know, that, that 80s Barbados team, sorry, a West Indies team, basically Barbados, but the West Indies team... They were a lot from
2: Barbados and Jamaica. Would,
0: ...would be up there now, wouldn't it? And I, I love that about cricket. I think cricket I think you're I mean, right.
2: Really you're right, because the rules of football have changed so much. Cricket? Robert I not think of... I can't think of any rule changes that have come in... Recently, I know, I know in my lifetime, being out LBW with ball pitches outside leg has come in.
0: Well, television, obviously, you've got the, the rules that have changed with you know, your, your television referee and the the, the, the hospital. Yeah, and you've, and, yeah. 20, but the rule hasn't changed. It's yeah, just we can refer is,
2: it to. Yeah, it's just the way it's efficient, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's
0: fundamentally the same. And cricket's got How a much massive...
2: do VAR properly.
1: <laughs> How do
2: do it properly,
0: Cricket's got a massive image issue. I think, you know, certainly test cricket, you know, the, the talks of producing it down to four, four days have thankfully sort of subsided for now, but that'll be back on the agenda soon enough. People aren't going to watch the long formats of the game, but I think that you know, for, for people who love pure, unfiltered sport, okay, there's a little bit of television in it, there's a little bit of, you know, there's alcohol advertising all over the place, there's, there's gambling, et cetera. So there are issues with cricket, but I think the, the nub of the, the actual like fabric of the sport remains pretty intact to me cricket yeah, and that, that, that's me you watch that wicketkeeper now if he came now and did that stumping it would still be considered it wouldn't be considered retro it would be considered genius out of the box thinking which yeah. it was at the time I think I think there, there are sports that don't have that anymore the other thing that makes Jack Russell
2: unique was the, the length that he would go to now Gloucestershire in that era had some fantastic players Ian Harvey, Mike Smith, John Lewis Mark Elaine Martin Ball I can sit here and name them all, right? They were very famous for putting a score on the board and it might not be a massive score and they would defend it and they would squeeze. Across and the, the squeeze. biggest part of that squeeze was Jack Russell. Yeah. You know, there's famous stories of him. He wouldn't clean his teeth for days before games so that his breath stunk, his kit stunk, his, his hat had never been taken out. And he would stand there behind the key, behind the batsman in his ear, breathing all over him. Now, that wouldn't work if he stood 30, 40 yards back. But the fact that he could stand up to Jack, to, to John Lewis and stand up to Mike Smith, who were bowling at 80 miles an hour, mate, with where no helmet he on.
0: Where was, where was Jack Russell from? What part of England was he from?
2: He's a Gloucester boy.
0: Oh, imagine that. that yeah, fucking Aren't you bored yet? He would make life
2: so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable for the batsman that he didn't want to be there. And that was what got that that great Gloucestershire side. He was the integral part, and I know if we look at the Kim Barnets and the batsmen that got the runs and the Harveys and the bowlers and all of that, but he was the one that brought it all together. He was the glue that held it all together. And for me, the most the, the, phenomenal cricketer from from Gloucestershire that I've him and Courtney Welsh for me are the two players that I've in my lifetime so from Gloucestershire that are the, are the legends.
0: I just love the idea that he's got a. A really rich Gloucester accent, here mate. Aren't you bored yet? Here. <laughs> Call out weather. It's returning. There's good. There's good drawing in this one, is it? Put the, put the clothes on. I'd be drawing as a flash. Bump. <laughs>
1: Rip <How's that? laughs> the bells off.
0: Good clip that, actually. And I think the next clip, again, you know, again, it's cricket. I, I, I think this is for me. I mean, Ollie I'll let you introduce it what, what, what's your what's your second clip for this round mate
1: so the clip that I the second clip that I bought to Totem Bar was the clip of England winning the Cricket World Cup in uh, last year it's when <laughs> England win our England win our Super over. I, pro, I don't really need to explain it do I the surroundings it, the whole country went absolutely mental Trafalgar Square went ballistic the pocket yeah, the Columbia Club, Club went, went ballistic. ballistic there
0: Luke <laughs> The IRA bar of Newport went absolutely
1: <laughs> <laughs> everywhere. Everyone and everywhere just went blister, didn't they?
0: It's yeah. Good. Except for the miserable glasses behind the bar that were at the Columbia Club that told us to shush when England have just won. <laughs> England and Wales, by the way, have just won. Uh, yeah,
2: England and Wales, England and Wales, yeah.
1: I was, I was uh, told off my language, and I'm pretty sure I, the, the language that I returned with was even worse than the original language that I used.
2: What, were you speaking in French.
1: <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was, it was a good, good Sunday well, I, afternoon, night that was.
0: But I think the whole tournament. I think you know England laboured their way, as England often do. You know they, they sort of started their way through the groups. You had India. You had you know that that unbelievable one day side of India. You know their their batting order. If, if they stayed in, if that's that sort of top five six of India, if they kept in for any longer than forty five minutes to an hour each, they're, they're it 300, 350 fifty every day of the week. And then you had Australia. You know the number one. England were the number one side in the world for three years. You know, it took a year of the cycle after the last World Cup to to get to number one. England were number one for three years, but they weren't the favourites going to the tournament. You know, that Australian one day side with Warner with Smith, and then you know they had Usman underneath that too. They had a, a decent bowling lineup as well because it was Payne and Warner to open, and that's how England, you know, in the in the groups got battered by Australia. People forget that. Yeah, I, mean, I think they were three to fifteen at one point. England, they were. They, you know, Joe Root goes early. That's the end of that. And for them to beat Australia in the in the semis, and again, Batram, you know Johnny Bairstow, who lost his central contract today, but he was unbelievable that day. And then, as you say, yeah, that moment goes to super over, and that ah, oh, a bit harsh on
1: New Zealand, wasn't
2: it, to lose on on wicket sport? Yeah, no, boundary
1: probably... count
0: back, wasn't it? Was
2: it Did on boundary count? count
1: yeah, yeah, it was boundary count. Yeah, <laughs> which hot, has now been hot.
2: changed. They've got rid of that now. They've got rid of that rule now because of it. Yeah, yeah. that's
1: probably for the best. But admittedly, at the time, we weren't complaining.
2: No, oh, bloody hell, no. But do you know what? Funny, enough, it's a bit of a recurring theme here because we talk about, I've never seen a ball go out uh, from a goal kick, go out for a corner. We've never seen um, a goalkeeper just chuck it down to the, um, the striker to score. I have never, ever seen uh, a batsman dive into his ground and the ball hit him.
1: Yeah, that's true, And yeah. it
2: got off. Because without that five runs... Yeah, England We wouldn't have ever got sorry, six runs, wouldn't it? It was given as a six, sorry, because they yeah, ran, two. ran two. We'd right. never have even got to the super over. Yeah, true. People think it about. now transpires as well. It should have only been a five and not a six because they hadn't crossed or something when the when the throw came in. So yeah. for once, and it's probably the only time in my lifetime I can think of, where for once all the gods were smiling on England and not smiling against us.
0: Again, another good thing about that tournament, sorry to harp back about that tournament as a whole, was um, Australia's first game with Warner and Smith back in the, you know, just at, to harp this back to, to a Bristol, Bristol base, back in the Australian T20 side was um, was at the Gloucester County Cricket Ground.
1: It was against South Wales I think. It
0: was, yeah. So all the boots. They got the boots. They got absolutely pelted, and I was watching this this uh, documentary that you know we might cover in the future, and you just hear these amazing Bristolian, like really rounded boos, and you could just see the Australian team. You know they were getting they were fuming. I was watching it, and um, the who's the amazing batsman in Australia about? Tets Batsman. He was there for ages. He was their captain for years. Pontin. Yeah, Pontin. He was on there. He was their That's assistant manager on their coaching team. I, he was saying in this documentary he wanted to jump the fence and batter people. He, he was, <laughs> he was, he was against. Yeah, he's like that. that they said he was well. yeah, yeah, like that.
1: Imagine
0: that.
2: After they were trying to rebuild their image. For me, New Zealand were the most consistent threat the whole time. Yeah, they
1: were.
2: Yeah. Yeah, England- and probably England- deserved to win the whole thing. And to lose how they did, as I say, is an absolute travesty.
0: But well, I don't care. Well. <laughs> you imagine, can you imagine how the English would have taken it if it had happened to us? You know, when Frank Lampard's ghost goal that didn't count we still talk about that now can you imagine yeah yeah
1: yeah,
2: yeah.
0: even though we lost so, 4-1 yeah would have been 4-2 yeah. but it wouldn't have made any difference to the actual result of the game but, but for um, me
2: as well was the commentator on the clip as well and I can't for the life of me think of his name is the um, the Kiwi commentator yeah. and he was going mad on it he'd go yeah England have won the World Cup you know well done England you know and he was actually because well, if that was me I'd be like going yeah Oh, fuck's sake <laughs> no, and he was he was really impartial
0: I hate, you know, I hate that it's sport it's your country it's your country it's, it's who you are it's your identity and for you to, to be there and be so fake happy and fake you know <laughs> applause I hate that I'd much rather than go and England have cheated their way to winning the World Cup <laughs> <laughs> have would have fine. had
2: more respect for him definitely Luke, yeah. Luke Smith in being unprofessional shocker
0: it's not about unprofessional it's, it's <laughs> If Rovers if Rovers if, if that was an FA Cup final or FA Cup, if that was a Johnson's Paint Trophy final and Rovers were cheated out of it like that, and I was commentating, I'd be going I'd be giving absolute pelters. I'd be like, You're a disgrace, ref, you're rubbish, get out, you shouldn't be anywhere near it, you're a shithead, I'd be given everything. Not this oh To be I'm fair, if that, current, JPT, if that was in the current hundred and fourteenth minute, I'd be given none of that. I hate it. I hate that fake.
2: It's Under BB- the current BB- guys of it, I'd be going, "Well played, referee.
0: Thank fuck. All right, it is fucking shit." Yeah, I'm in the final. <laughs> yeah, true. Of the JPT, not the current guys of the, of the competition. <laughs> but yeah, to be to, this impartiality when it comes to sport and when it comes to people are biased. That's why you get into sport. You get in because you support someone, you follow them. I don't want to see people fake. I don't want to see Shane Warne being like, "Oh yeah, that was a uh, that was that was bad bowling." Ball.
1: I want to see him giving them out, like, him out. Pelt that was a cracking ball, mate.
2: That was a really bad accent, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. That was horrendous. That was honking. That was more like Mahendra Singh Dhoni, to be fair.
0: (laughs) So I'll move on to my third clip. What I loved about that Cricket World Cup clip mainly was it was one of those sporting events that you remember where you are and you'll remember that for the rest of your life. And it was one of those sporting those those moments of your life that, that it, it, it's iconic. It's one of those. It's sport. It's at its best. It's visceral. It's 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 carnal. It's aggressive. It's it's one of those reactions you you think, yeah, fuck New Zealand. I've got nothing against New Zealand, but fuck them like that. Yeah, that kind of, yes. And for me, I went to watch. I was at this 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 boxing event. And I love boxing. You know, that's probably my my third favorite sport. Um, you know, I, I I watch boxing.
2: Yeah, in mean
0: yes. baseball, I'm guessing, and football. Yeah, <laughs> baseball's my, my other favorite. But I love boxing. You know, I think we all love boxing. We're all massive boxing fans on this on this podcast. You know, we, we'll all sit down and watch watch boxing till the cows come home. Um, and I think this this AJ versus Klitschko fight at Wembley um, you know I put the highlights in but I think you could possibly look at the first round and then ninth, 10th rounds and possibly the 11th um, when you know when it all happens but you know you, you could look at four rounds of this fight and it sums up it sums up everything that's brilliant about sport you know, I was at Wembley you know there was 105,000 people there and um, when when AJ gets knocked down he's on top all, all the fight he's won every single round you know or he might have drawn but he, he certainly hadn't lost a round up until the point where he gets knocked down and he gets knocked down, and you just see this this guy, this invincible, this 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 Adonis. This you know, he's been marketed as if he's he unbelievable. You know, he's, he's unbeatable. He's to this point, he's won everything in three rounds. He's never gone past six rounds as a professional or an amateur. Um, you know, he's a gold medal. He's everything that that you know, and he's about to win his his second and third world title. You know, that was that was a billing. I mean, it's procession, and he gets knocked down by this forty year old who was supposed to be this washed up washout basically um you know an excellent champion but it was supposed to be the end of his reign and he gets knocked down and the silence in the stadium uh, Wembley Wembley Stadium, there's a hundred thousand people there and you could you just see that the limbs from the, the ukrainians around the pit around the ring in because they get half the ring each you just see these limbs and you can't hear them you just see everything and everywhere else around was you was definitely silent
2: was there a, a few come over with that
0: well, he had Klitschko had his, um, his entourage, so all of his trainers, and all of his, you know, all of his VIP tickets and stuff. They all had ringside seats, so they had half the ring, and so did AJ. And when Klitschko knocked down AJ, my abiding memory of this, is the silence around me because AJ then didn't for a punch for three rounds. You know, he got up in I think it was the fifth or the sixth round. He didn't. He didn't for a punch. He, he didn't even try and get out of the way. He was. He was there for the taking. And I think a younger Klitschko. I think he was hurt. He pump. was hurt. He, he didn't for a punch. He, he, he was. He yeah, was awful.
2: He but, was hurt. He was quite clearly hurt. Um, and those that say that you know, he hasn't really got any fight about him and he hasn't got a jewel, I think that proves he has. I mean, he got up. He was quite clearly hurt after that knockdown. And he got up and he, he managed to stay in the fight and show a little bit of heart and a little bit of guts. You say he didn't come back with much, but
0: you don't have he, to at those sort of points. You stay in
2: the fight, you know?
0: Yeah, and that's what he did brilliantly. You know, He's stuck in there. You know,
1: and when he won, M- Monks, you had a go a uh, little dabble at boxing, didn't you?
2: I've had a go, yeah. <laughs> Did you win? I got. I'm. I'm. I'm signed. I. I. I won on points. Yeah.
1: That's a nice. That's nice. You were gonna have a go
2: as well, Luke, weren't you?
0: Yeah, I was supposed to be doing it in. July.
2: Yeah, but, yeah, Luke bottled it. <laughs> Luke bottled it. Um, oh, yeah. I've. I've. I've signed up again to do it again once the COVID thing is. is yeah, all, um...
0: I, I secretly. I. I well, was. Like, if if, if it, fancy, it, Luke, you know? you know. I killed a million people just to get out of boxing. <laughs> but what i loved about what i loved about this event was when i've seen Robbers in my life promoted three times and each of those times were were moments i'll never forget they were brilliant they were they were like feelings of just insane emotion when aj won that fight when he knocked when he knocked Klitschko out in the, was it the 10th round when he knocked him down for the third time in the yeah. fight when he when he does that the whole stadium Wembley stadium it is like a bomb has gone off there are bodies everywhere it was limbs like I've never seen before. It was absolute carnage. I've got to say, it was. I, I can't expect It's the best sporting event I've ever been to.
1: Was it better
2: than Sammy I at Wembley?
0: It was way better. It was way better. I'm sorry. Is it, it, that- it
2: better than Newport County and Tranmere in the playoff final? You know.
0: Oh, to re- to remember that? We went to this game, Molly. <laughs> we went to the playoff final when Newport and Tranmere, I mean, t- it, it, basically both teams played 8 1 1. The ball nice just. Oh, the ball just didn't even move off the centre circle. It felt like if, and if we did, did
2: have a box, and we got moved to the royal box near enough.
0: It was David Beckham's box you got moved into.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: <It was laughs> both, been, both been in David Beckham's box. Take that how you will. What, what was that,
1: conference playoff
0: funnel? No, uh, League Two into League into League One. It was last season when Tramir came up.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Oh, no, okay. came... And it was just... and we were in the, we were in the box in the um end. You're the Tranmere we 12, 12 county fans, you know, and everyone's going, they're going mad, and all the Tranmere fans are looking at us. So they moved us to a box on the, um, on the halfway line, and it was like this box is like nothing you've ever seen before in your
0: life. It was ridiculous. Oh, better than a house. It was, it was David yeah. Beckham. It was owned by David Beckham. It's on the, it's on the, it's on the halfway line of, um, of, of Wembley Stadium, and it is just. But the Royal box, and this box was here. Yeah, it was amazing. But um, yeah, we were in there. Up the county and you got the scouts going, Hey, what's he saying, like, hey, what Fucking county! We're <laughs> fucking rovers here, like I'm trying to get killed and get helpers. But yeah, up the county. <laughs> could, you you the,
1: could you not get behind the rovers, Luke?
0: What, the tramir reindeers?
1: Yeah, the tramir reindeers,
0: yeah. No, I was I'm very much my feet were very much in the Newport County camp, I think. Going up there with a bunch of. Yeah,
2: we we were all in a county camp
0: brilliant day out though it's got to be said like mm. football was the worst bit about it we, me, me and my mate missed the bus on the way home so we had to get a train we were so pissed that we went to Tesco to get some more beers and everyone got on the bus and the bus left without us so we were we had to get do you remember this Monksy and then we had to get the um. The, I the do bus, remember
2: it yeah I took the bus to leave <laughs> <laughs> and Monksy was the driver <laughs> yeah. yeah fuck them Monksy's at the wheel <laughs>
0: Yeah, I remember my binary memory is of that is that the Ukrainians go mental and no one can hear them. The silence in the stadium, the absolute limbs, and then coming out to the toilet. You know what boxing events are like if you've ever been to one? Like a big event. Um, there was blood all over the toilets. So there were people scrapping on the concourses outside Wembley. There were people scrapping inside Wembley. There was just, you, know, you know, amateur boxers thinking they're Anthony Joshua because they've just watched him and um, just battering everyone. It was, it was, it was like it was what I imagined football in the eighties to be, and it was brilliant. Every second of it was absolutely
1: you, you heck of trousers and loafers everywhere. Was it?
0: It literally was. It was those fake Burberry caps. <laughs> it... <laughs> it was big white collars like that over the sleeves. It's basically like a vicar with a Burberry cap on, battering and everyone, and it was fantastic with a nine-pound hot. I mean, it out. was
2: obviously it was like that when I fought with the neon in Newport. You know, it was you know, well, in will, the, you know in the old you know, cinema <laughs> when you when you get the when you get the massive blocks of events. You know, you know, monksie leading leading the night on against you know the pistol bomber against. um You know, the proper proper big boxing nights. you know,
0: he he fought a sack of potatoes and only won on points.
1: (laughs) I I heard a rumour that the bloke you were fighting only had one arm.
0: (laughs) And that was tied behind his back.
2: (laughs) Um, I'm I'm, I'm not saying a word. I'm not saying, I'm not raising, I'm not biting. Yeah. I had a little black eye and he had a broken nose, you know, so. Oh, you give him a good pasting then?
0: then. He broke his nose.
2: I did break
0: his nose. Yeah. In sixteen yeah. out clubs, whatever they are. What I thought we'd talk about now is we're going to talk about the the documentary. Um, I think I'd like to hear. I, I, I'll explain what the documentary is, and then I'd also like to hear sort of Ollie explain what he thought of it because I I think this this section of the podcast is 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 ultimately just going to be Andy letting rip. So I'd like to get Ollie, <laughs> let Ollie have a <laughs> uh, have a word or two.
2: Um, you, you may be surprised. You may be surprised.
0: And then and then Actually, go from there. So the I've written loads of notes about this. I've, I I will introduce it properly now. So I think the, the documentary itself is called "The Battered Bastards of Baseball." It is on um, Netflix. You know, just just type in "battered bastards" and you'll find it. And um, I I think it's. It's it's absolutely an absolutely extraordinary documentary. I think for me that there's oh, what have I done with the the notes? I think I've lost my notes. I wrote five thousand words of notes yesterday and I've lost them. There yeah, they're gone. But anyway, it's basically about an actor called Kurt Russell who um no it's Bing Russell, isn't it? It's Kurt Russell's dad. Um,
2: Kurt Russell's his boy. Yeah,
0: so Kurt Russell's an actor. Did uh, you
2: actually
0: watch the uh, documentary? <laughs> I've watched it twice. I, so it's, it's Bing Russell. who is was Kurt Russell's dad. Kurt Russell's an Oscar-winning director. Um, Bing Russell was in. Um, was in Bonanza. But yeah, Bonanza. He did seven hundred episodes as the um, as the sheriff of, of, of the town in Bonanza. But his first love and his first passion in life um, before acting was baseball, and he was a he was a baseball fanatic as a kid. He he, he watched the Yankees play he would go down and watch the Yankees train and you know he'd try and fight kids over over baseballs that went over the fence etc and he was this fanatic about baseball in terms of stats there was nothing he didn't know about baseball in terms of coaching he was like he, he was I think of him like a Jose Mourinho. Never had a baseball career. You know, he nearly had a baseball career, but he had that pitch to the head that that, that, that sort of stopped his, could his career. He never made it at the highest level. But what he what he didn't know about the sport of baseball wasn't worth knowing. The tactics of baseball, the coaching of baseball, the passion he had for baseball, and the ability to build what ultimately was a very, very successful A-League team. So if we're I...
2: Are talking about Ben Garner, no, we're talking about Ben Russell. Yeah.
0: Sorry, I'll get confused. So if I just set the scene, so what happened was, it was in Portland... And the Portland, um, whatever they were called, the, a, the, the AAA the team, had decided to leave Portland because baseball was dying in Portland. And what happened was Bing Russell had, had just finished filming with Bonanza. He'd had a couple of summers off and thought, you know, his wife thought he was he was wasting his life. His son didn't didn't see the magic in him that he used to have as a father. And and now you've got the Portland team. I can't remember what they called. Can you remember what the Portland team was called? The they first one. Called. They're triple A AAA team. So baseball's got three standards of of, 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 of teams. You've I, got, bloody, I, I can't remember, but it's,
2: it's annoying
0: me. You've got the triple A teams who are your sort of <laughs> your, your, your Premier League teams. You've got your your double A teams who are who are the, the the younger talent, and then you've got the A teams, the A rated teams, who are the really young talent that just come out of college baseball and they're trying to they're trying to make their way in the game. But they're all affiliated to so the a- Beavers. Beavers, fine. Yeah. So they're all affiliated to the A teams. Affiliated to a Double A team, who are basically a feeder team into a Triple A team. It's all farm systems. There's no independent teams. Not like in in European sports, where you know you might get affiliated clubs, and they might loan, you know, the big club might loan a few players to to the small clubs. These play th- these clubs own the Double A team and the A team, and um, the Triple A team, the Portland Portland Beavers, decided to leave Portland because baseball had died, and there was a space there for a single A team, just a, a, a standard crappy baseball team. Um, that that Bing Russell bought for five hundred dollars, which I think is an extraordinary figure. Can you imagine buying a football club for five hundred pounds or whatever the equivalent exchange, exchange rate is? And it b-
2: was in nineteen seventy four to be fair.
0: But and, and then just chucking it in League Two. It's it's that is mental for me. That that sum of money is extraordinary. And then he, he what he does is he builds this this rag bag team of, of mental bastards, and he he. He holds open trials, and what I loved about this documentary is in the open trials, the journalists have said, we've never, we've never seen open trials before. We didn't even know how to report it. We thought it was a joke. You know, they thought 30 people were going to turn up, and 450 people turn up for the first day of open trials. And they've sold cars, and they've sold things to, to fund the petrol journey to get over there. One guy hitchhiked for four days, just, just for the love of the game. Just for that love and that opportunity. Most of the guys that turned up were in their 30s. Had never really played professional baseball before. They'd been let go by the college system. They'd been let go by the by. But you know they, those those feeder teams. They were deemed not good enough. And Bing Russell says, right, we can't afford to go and scout from colleges. We can't afford to do um, the, the normal route. But we want to belong to the town of Portland. We want to give them something that if a player does join us, they don't have. To, you know, if they have a good week or month or season they're not going to move anywhere they're going to be they're going to be owned by portland controlled by portland and they're going to be players that that the town and the city of portland can fall in love with and really bond with and i think that for me is a thread throughout the whole video the whole documentary that that arc is so clear that, that portland really did take this team to heart but the whole thing is so positive and it's a way that Bing Russell comes in and he starts something that's never been done before since the 30s. You know, it'd been 40 years since an independent baseball team had had competed in the major leagues. He comes in, he gets a load of. I think one of the quotes is they lead the team on beer bellies and stubble. So I mean, I've got a soft spot for him. Um, You know, I I think I play for the Mavs and the Mavericks. What a name for this ragbag, rubbish load of just 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 fat lads who, who who love the game and just want to play the game for the love of the game and they end up being fucking good at that level which is the best thing. I think that's the best thing about it is that you know for the 5 years they were allowed to exist which we'll come on to in a bit they dominated the A league. They absolutely pissed. They got to the play a final four to five years. You know they were their, their, their main challenge was to win that 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 sort of that that playoff um, which which never really came which was a shame, you know. They ended up getting cheated out of it which I'm sure we might come onto later but it was just a case of ordinary blokes who were desperate to play the game of baseball. Loved the sport that they loved. They'd grown up loving it. Ran by. It was a team ran by a, a bloke who liked acting, but he, he called himself a, a was it a plumber actor. He turned up plumb for you know he, he did his job nine to five and he clocked off. He didn't like acting. His, his passion was baseball, and it's. I think that's all of us. I think that's all, if, if there was a football team, you know, League 2, where Lalkadi thinks Fat i was going to fuck him off. I'll buy, you know, I'll kick him out of the football league, and then I'll start Rovers. I'll use their league entry as a thing, but we're going to use a bunch of blokes in Bristol. You got to turn up, you know. I, I might be, I might be the water boy, you know. I'm too fat to play football these days. I, I can't get anywhere near it. But used to, might be all right to to, to do a job and, and to turn up for open trials and to get into the team and then go and win the league. It's unbelie. It is. It, I think it's an absolutely unbelievable story of of, of sport and of. It, it, for me, it's, it's a lost opportunity for American sport as well. Most American sports are a pyramid scheme. You know, they're all they're all designed to make the top teams richer, and everyone else can fuck off. They don't care. And it could have been independent. He's, "I think Bing Russell said." Sorry, I'm ranting a bit. That um, he fell in love in baseball when there was two hundred and five teams, two hundred and five towns, and they all had a team of their own. And then by the, by the seventies, there were there were forty eight teams, you know, and then they had the Triple A league, and everything else didn't matter. They were getting they were getting crowds of thirty eight. By the time that the um thirty eight people to watch professional sport is I mean that's county cricket level, isn't it? That's that's how low that is, and um I just set you way though yeah <laughs> I set it at Scunthorpe that is I just <laughs> thought it's a it's a tremendous documentary and it's so positive it is such a it is such a good little magnifying glass and, and, a, and a way that of a small team giving a bloody no to the big team and I think as as a, as a sports fan a sports consumer I don't care what sport it is I love seeing that. But um, that's my passionate defense of the documentary. Now, if you guys want to, you know, Volley and, and Andy, you want to give me your thoughts on the documentary, I, I would love to hear them.
1: Go on, Max, you can go first. What did you think?
2: I have heard on more than one occasion that maybe some of the lower league clubs should become feeder clubs to the Premier League teams. I've heard it when we've signed this guy from Chelsea this, um, the other week. Maybe we should become a feeder club to Chelsea. Um, and get some of their young kids in. And this documentary actually highlights it for me, the absolute reason why you don't go down that road. Yeah. You know, we are an independent football club. We are Bristol Rovers. We don't need a bigger boy, a Premier League team, giving us all their young kids to try out and then pinch all our best players, because otherwise Absolutely. we're just going to go down the same road as what baseball has gone.
0: Yeah. And that Chelsea team doesn't care if those players win or lose. They care about the minutes and Correct. they care about the statistical improvement. They couldn't give a fuck really about the the goal contributions or anything. They care about uh, about the you know stealing bases and stuff like that. It'd be the equivalent. Um, yeah, as I said, I, as I said, I think it's a massive missed opportunity for baseball. I think it's a and, and the fact that they 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 rule unto themselves. They don't they don't you yep. know they lobbied it so well that the the competition rules don't apply to baseball. The immigration rules don't apply to baseball. You know they, they can go and make up the rules themselves. And we'll cover the end of what happens at the end in a minute. But but yeah, what did you think, Ollie? What what were your thoughts on it?
1: I thought it was uh, yeah, it was alright. I you uh, I'm not a big lover of American sports. So that's the first thing. However, I can see you can see a situation in this country with football that, depending on what goes on with coronavirus, where clubs are gonna, clubs are, could potentially be struggling. So you might see these sort of situations. Like Wimbledon did a similar sort of thing, didn't they? When they went bust, went right to the very bottom and have come back.
0: So it, also, just quickly on Wimbledon, Wimbledon are now an affiliate club of Chelsea. So AFC Wimbledon, yeah. Are, you know, the, the Chelsea women play there. The, the Chelsea women own their, They bought their old ground off them, but they also Wimbledon. We're an affiliate club for Chelsea's academy players, so it, Wimbledon are a really good example of that. Go on, Ollie. come on.
1: Yeah, no, I. Yeah, you, you make a good point. I and Monksy is completely correct that I. <laughs> Who did you hear saying that we should become Chelsea's
2: feeder club, then, Monksy? Eh? It's, 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 it's a few <laughs> comments on you know, the exactly. on the, on the Facebook, on you know, on the on, on the Facebook page and all that. There's people saying, you know, well, we've had Charlie Colkin, and we've had Blackman, and we've had Clark Salter, and now we got McCormack and all that. We seem to be tapping into all these young Chelsea clubs. Why don't we have some a formal where we become a Chelsea feeder club? And I'm just like, really, no, we'll push the rovers. We don't yes. need to be a feeder club to anybody. Absolutely. We can sign people that we want and, and get the young kids in, great. But the minute you go down that road of different clubs, you know, I heard it before with crew, becoming Liverpool, a Liverpool feeder club because of the number of players that Liverpool have signed from Crew and all that. And you're just going down this line of the, you know, before you know it, all the lower league clubs are going to be feeder clubs of some Premier League club or whatever. And when do, do we then get to a point? Many, 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 many years in the in the in the future, when Bristol Rovers are playing um, Crew in the um, Johnson's Paint or whatever it's called trophy final, and suddenly Liverpool are sending down their first team, and Crew are sending and Chelsea are sending their first team to play it because they're affiliate clubs and making seven send players down willy nilly. Which is basically what happened in the documentary, wasn't
0: it? That is what happened. Yeah, through in the end, they got to the playoff final and uh, was it the Chicago. Um, Cubs sent their well, might not might the Cubs but sent their Triple A team down to to beat them in the final yeah. just so that the establishment won. Um, you yeah, know, the establishment wouldn't let them win. As soon as the um I won't I won't boy with the legal stuff, but basically the the, the Portland team came back, um, forced out the, the the new A team. And that was the end of that, you know, and and baseball can do that because it's a rule unto itself. But I I think the the strongest thing, what struck me most about it, uh, I think you both nailed it on the head and and, and echo my thoughts exactly, was it was all identity politics. It was all about identity politics in sport, you know, beyond the, the actual wider political spectrum. It's all about how do you feel about that club you support, what it means to you and how you go about supporting them you know th- th- that team was dead it was reporting crowds of 38 people before before the, 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 the AAA team left and then some ragbag bunch of ends turn up who, who you know fat lads who, who, who happened to be really good at baseball and they were put together and they were stealing bases and they were aggressive and they were but they were turning up and burning brooms in the stands part of their TIFOs I mean they, they had a TIFO like, brooms on fire and brooms being chucked and um, shouting and sweep and stuff and I just thought that is the closest thing I've ever seen to an American sports team of, of any of the sports you know I take a passing not interesting but passing watching of of it being something like a European Europe, and all their all their MLS teams are manufactured all of their you know they're all they're all controlled. they're all rubbish all of their major league baseball teams as we just said they're all pyramid schemes to make the richer teams rich um, sorry the rich teams richer and it was the closest thing to that independent that that's what I and it, again it heart back for me about Rovers. All three of my clips so far, all my choices have been about what I what I love about the sport that I love and the team that I love the most, which is obviously Rovers. And it's just that if Rovers were if Rovers were a baseball team, it would be that team, wouldn't it? It would be that for me. It would be that you know when we were going bust, we had Andy Rammel come down, and Andy Rammel is this star pitcher who came from the Yankees, and he wrote a dodgy autobiography about you know people being taking drugs and, and the gay lads kissing at the back of the bus. Hey,
2: can I step in oh, there? there? you can go back a bit further than that Joey Francis
0: yeah I mean there's loads of paralysis. people about
2: on bag when he's getting people like Devon White who was a carpenter from Cambridge Perfect. And, and Christian it, McLean you know and then he managed to pull out a couple of old he pulled out a couple of old things to get people you know old, old heads in you know and yeah. the people like Alan Ball that came in and played for the Rovers you know <laughs> you know, England World Cup were- winner suddenly playing for Bristol Rovers. What the hell was going on? I know that wasn't Jerry Francis; that was um, Bobby Gould and all that. But you know, Bobby Gould probably actually a better bet, even when they got Jerry Francis to the club. You know, no, Bobby he Gould pulling people out of nowhere. You know,
0: Bobby Gould, manager of Wales. We will cover that at some point. That is that there are so many stories that come out of that about Bobby Gould. But I just think this this baseball story, like Ollie. I, I don't know about you, but for me, like i've never ever 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 watched a game of baseball in my life i've seen a few clips of it and it just looks to me it just looks really boring but but this documentary it showed why why people could fall in love with that sport to me
1: yeah definitely um yeah i t- as i said i don't take an interest in american sports but and you did hit that on the head when you said all of their clubs are a con or like Constructs aren't they? Their MLS teams are named after
2: like Red Bull and <laughs> like things like it's that. Like, a
0: it's, it's a franchise, not... it's, yeah. you know, they're franchises they and
2: they can just move at any point, which yeah. I can never get my head around. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the, the oh, yeah, fact bonnet. that the um, the Beavers and the original thing just got up and went to another place because they weren't getting enough crowd. And can you imagine back. that? Can you can you imagine that? You know, w- Wells decided he's not getting enough people at the Memorial Stadium, so he's gonna, he's gonna up sticks and go to... Go to Delhi, get
0: the girls in and come back yeah, to
2: Bristol. I No, they're going to go to Hereford, for example, and call it the Hereford Rovers. Yeah. And 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 the same... And, and Rovers' place in the league is taken by Heriford Rovers. The whole thing of American sports, to me, is completely alien. It's completely weird. The sports are completely weird and completely alien. The fact that they play for a World Series in sports where they're only them, the country that plays, is completely weird and alien. Yeah. To
0: me. Um, <laughs> but I but, think, as I know. say, harking oh, back to Wimbledon again, another really good example. Wimbledon were the team that, that this happened to in the UK. You know, it, it, certainly in Europeans, yeah. it might have happened in other countries. I'm, I'm ignorant to that, but in in England, in in, in football league, was was Wimbledon? Was it 2004? Were moved? You know, they were on the they were on the brink bus and were moved to Milton Keynes to start a new in a brand new stadium and basically a franchise football club. And it was taken. You know, that, that, that the heart and soul of that football club and that community was ripped out. And I think. It's the closest, again, it's such a I was really sad in that documentary I was not only sad because that team doesn't exist anymore and it was a beautiful kit, can you imagine if someone like, you know, Peru or Paraguay or, you know, one of those international teams turned up wearing that red with the one single white stripe down there and then like Peru written across oh, it would be glorious Peru Mavericks (laughs) It's such a good kit and even if City wore it, you'd think yeah, fair enough, like I hate everything they stand for, and that badge makes it a naught out of ten. But take that badge off. No, oh, he's no, no, yeah. no. <laughs> beautiful. <been> this silly now.
2: <laughs> right, just... can we take can we take the Shiraz away from Luke, please? Whoever's doing the table service, can we take the, the Shiraz now. away from Luke? I'm on the couch <laughs> now. But um, oh, there we go. He's mixing yeah, Shiraz. It. It. he's Shiraz in.
0: So You can take it away all you want, but I just <laughs> it just left me with a overwhelming feeling of of. Of genuine sadness. I fell in love with that team. I fell in love with the Mavericks watching that. I love Bing Russell. I love Kurt Russell. I love his wife. We were all passionate about each other and about the game. I love the players and how much they loved him and how much they loved the sport. I love the fact they all went just to play for the love of the game. They were earning $400 a month. It was nothing. They were they were earning less than minimum wage. He kept people there. There was a, there was a point in it. He said um, he had a 33... 30
2: on the roster. Yeah, he said it was man crazy.
0: For an A-League team playing them $400 and they kept them there because they said if if there's no one here in this team that you can't fall in love with you don't belong at the ballpark and I think that's Rovers for me uh, that is uh, but then you
2: think Rovers probably program. got a 30 man squad haven't we and we don't think anything of that. And yet in America, that's that's crazy. So have that number of people is crazy for a lower league club. And yet if we had if we had that, which we should probably have if you include the first year professionals that we've got that I know we've sent a few out on loan and all that, we've probably got that easily, and yet we're still going sign more, sign more, sign more, you know. So it's very much a different mentality to American sports to the to, to what we've got over here.
0: Oh, well, I'm glad I'm glad this conversation's not been me getting absolute pelters because I was I was really really happy with this documentary. I think it, it, it again. I think this documentary, this this podcast, sorry, it's been a really good way of of setting out our stall of of what we're passionate about. And certainly me and Andy, you know, Ollie. Hopefully, we'll we'll have a chance to get a word in edgeways at some point in the, in the coming weeks <laughs> <laughs> of what we're passionate about and and why we're passionate about it. And this baseball team, if that existed now, and they were independent, and they said fuck off there when they were never giving bloody noses to everyone. I could get involved with baseball. I could with that just with that team alone. But
2: well, they, they, they play baseball over here in Newport. There's a, there's a there's a baseball league. So come out. You can come over and have a game if you want. I'll oh, no. stay in the I'll stay in the bar, you can go and play. i <laughs> not yeah, it's not a sport for me that. But no, I'm, but I'm,
0: I'm, tell, I'm glad.
2: I tell you one last thing, I'll tell you what it did remind me of very much so, and, and to me, this summarizes American sport in one fell swoop. It sounded like when they when they turned around and they said they got to the final and they sent down all the boys to play, it sounded like a Bristol District Cup final where you were playing somebody's third team or reserves and they sent all the first team down to play.
0: Bunch of ringers in. And
2: suddenly, yeah, all the ringers come in and suddenly you're playing against all these blokes. And that to me is American sport. It's like British Park
0: sport. And you get you've got that. It reminds me of um Totti, who turns up for uh, because Totti every Monday night plays seven aside in um, in Italy, like basically like Italian like Roma and Rome goals, or you know, whatever their, their equivalent is. He plays seven aside down there against the punters. Can you imagine that if you're playing like the Bristol Districts Cup final. You're like, here, mate, what I think that's Francesco Totti. I think, I think he's he's <laughs> he was the, he's one of the best players Italy have ever had. He won a World Cup, he's he's what he's won Serie A for Roma, like. He's what? What's he doing? Playing for Made Forever? Like what? What's what's going on? <laughs> and
2: what? And what? And what would happen over here? First time he got the ball, we kick him four foot up in the air and go, yeah. "Come on, and you want to play with the boys over here? Let's go and play with the boys over here." Oh, i think all all the floor, going, oh, you have to get, get close enough to him to first, eh, Monty." Yeah. Oh no, I, I, I kick him. Might not been him near the ball. I he got up in the air. Not
0: near him. But I think he'd love that. He's that kind of bastard striker, and he? he would love that sort. I of- had that
2: loads of times. You play, oh. play, play for teams, and they go, or oh, they got so and so playing for Mangotsfield. He's, uh, he's a ringer. Oh, I, yeah, well, he can go up in the air. Then, and then he goes, "Oh, you can't kick me. Do you know who I am? Don't care who you are. You're playing District Three now, mate. You can go up in the air like everybody else can go up in the air."
0: <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Imagine getting the team sheet through as, as the opposing manager. Uh, you've got L, and done it, mate. O Downs, A Monks, you know, J Thomas, F Totty. F Totty? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: I tell, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, you, you was like that the most, Luke. Remember Sam who played in that, in
0: that, in, yeah, yeah. In that, in that charity game? Sam. I've seen him loads of times. He used to
2: love it. He used to love it. Oh, so-and-so's playing. He plays for Town. He's turning out for Roman Glass Thurs on a Tuesday night up in a burkeh and the first time you got the ball, you just go straight through <laughs> him. <laughs> Have some not- of that, you know. Yeah, you're not playing. You're not playing in the Western League now, son. You're playing in the District League. Get up, son. Go.
0: <laughs> I love Francesco Totti. We might cover him again at a later stage, but. I- Imagine, I just think they he plays... I like you
2: covered him quite a lot, to be fair.
0: He's the god of Rome. He's referred to as, like, you know, the, the emperor of Rome. You know, that's his nickname. And he turns up at Monday night at fucking goals to play against a bunch of punters. It's, I, think it's that, I think
2: the Lazio fans might turn around and say Pavel Nedved might have a shout for that, but...
0: Yeah, the shitheads are coming, and... Or even
2: Paul Gascon, or even Paul Gascon.
0: Yeah, well, who cares about Lazio? than Nazis. They might as well call them Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm here for little puns little uh, portmanteaus. <laughs> that's you know. what documentary oh, are we God. doing are we doing next week then
1: I what? What? i'll i'll uh, i'll will have one for ne- next week De- the death of a gentleman it's all about, right it's about cricket it's about the icc and the ipl
0: oh all of my favorite things What we'll do now is we'll move on to the um, the, the surprise bit of the podcast that so I've not warned either of, of of Andy or Ollie about. But this is Dun 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 Ollie versus Andy. Do you think I could be a good voiceover actor? That was quite good, that wasn't it? Yeah, what we're, we're doing here is we want Mr. Sorry, like have, I, have I gone to a se- have I
2: gone to a sex lane <laughs> Thanks. <name, yeah>. <laughs> got across the line here. premium did it? <laughs> <laughs> I got a cross Aye. line. I got a cross line.
0: <laughs> I'm like that red, that ruby red guy. I am wearing tight boxer shorts. <laughs> so what I want to do is is every week I want to pit Ollie versus versus Andy, and I want them to. It's it's basically like a little made up little pub quiz game or a pub game or something shit that you play at the table just to pass the time. This week is a little quiz. Next week it could be could be anything. This week what I've done. Is I've called it your in Amazon. That's your Avin Amazon, and what I've done—that <laughs> is a shit pun. You'll see in a minute. It's about I'm shopping. Sure. So I've got five items from Amazon. <laughs> <Yes, laughs> so, it's <is> about shopping. <laughs> I've got five items from Amazon, and the closest person to guess the price of that item from Amazon wins. So it's best of five. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what do I, can, What do we win? Uh, you get. You get a point. And then well, the I'm end not. of the series, the end of the series. What a, and what a points, mate. Oh, <laughs> we'll get, yeah. well, winner gets a crate, whatever, I'll buy a crate for the winner. Um, yes. So, now, it's,
1: now it's on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So nah. I've,
0: I've got five no, random items on. from Amazon. And I want you to get, if you can guess to round pounds, don't go into pennies because then I have to do maths and I can't be bothered. So if you can just do round pounds. So if I say to you, I don't know, this Nivea chapstick. If you go three pound fifty, you're immediately you're immediately disqualified. And it also means that one can't guess three pound and one can't guess four pounds. Play it in the spirit of the game. Play it like it's cricket. And it, if you and think it also it's worth means I'm wondering why
2: you're buying your Nivea chapstick.
0: <laughs> I've really had this. It. It's lovely. as <laughs> Oh, where's my? There it is. I was trying to figure out why. There it is. Lovely stuff. But um, oh, yeah.
2: But yeah. So I'm not going to ask how you get chap lifts.
0: <laughs> the first round of Dun-dun, dun-dun Ollie
2: versus Andy Dun-dun, dun I suggest we invest in some sound effects? Some jingles or something,
0: We will, trust me, the jingles <laughs> Yes, they're so expensive So I've been looking at the cheapest jingles I can find to license them and I'll send you them and we can decide which ones we want to buy um, So, the first item of Andy versus Ollie is a Russell Hobbs 19750 rice cooker to the nearest whole pound. How much do you think a Russell Hobbs 19750 rice cooker costs? Ollie Down 45 pounds. Ollie Down has gone 45 pounds and through months. Can I just clarify? It only cooks rice. It,
2: this was a rice cooker Somebody... and steam. Actually, buy something that only cooks rice.
0: The Chinese eat a lot of rice. Not a lot of Russell Pods rice, <laughs> A lot of rice. Um, I, th- I think it'll be rather ninety pounds, Mark. I reckon. Andrew Monks has gone ninety pounds. Okay. The correct answer is twenty-two pounds, yes. which is a point for Oliver Down Lovely stuff. The second item. Or just or... buy a saucepan alternatively. Saucepan and the kettle. <laughs> £7. Pounds, <laughs> job done. <laughs> the second item on today's Ollie versus Andy is a leopard print China mug. How much does a leopard print China mug costs? Ollie down. Actually, no. Monks go go get Andy get, now. Yeah, Monks go Andy. Business, yeah. A £2. Pound. Andy Monks has gone £2. Pounds. Ollie has gone three pounds. Three, nah, that's snaky. Oh, the, uh, no, sorry. That's not in that is not cricket. The answer is 12 <laughs> pounds, but 12 Ollie, pounds. But Andy Monks wins the point. Andy wins it's the 12 point. 12 pounds. For fucking that is not more. cricket. We said that at the start. Do not be a dickhead and just go a pound over. Guess what you think it's worth. <laughs> that's a point for Andrew. It's your own fault. We said it, it was explicit. Right. Ollie, your turn to go first here. How much does a sack of seeds, a thirty seed variety sack of seeds, cost for a bag of seeds? <laughs> <laughs> what, what kind of seeds? <laughs> thirty varieties of seed. You want what kind of seeds? Vegetables, flowers?
2: No, can you I change to three pound? Human? Are they, are they, are they a sack of human seed?
0: <laughs> no, it's not. It's not sperm. <laughs> it is. It is, uh, it is carrot. You want carrot. They got carrot. You want apple. They got apple. You want blossoms. You want cherries. All of that in in the bag. How much wait, wait, for wait, a wait, stack wait. of thirty seed varieties? Ollie down. Three pounds. Ollie down's on three pounds. Andrew Monks. Eight pounds. Oh, Andrew Monks has gone eight pounds. It's thirteen pounds.
2: Oh. Oh. Right. That's quite pricey. 13 pound, that is quite pricey. I'd want it already grown for
0: that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's
0: a Sainsbury's shop.
2: It does, does take out the kind of the, the sort of the, the, the joy of it, mind you. You can just right. yeah, you can just go to the greengrocers and get that for 13 pound.
0: The next item here is a platinum GHD set of hair straighteners. I've, i I chose this because it's the last item <laughs> that we will ever need between the three of us. So I've gone a platinum GHD. I don't know, I've
2: seen your hair.
0: Uh, back in the day, it was a mop, wasn't it? It was beautiful. They called me the SpongeBob of his generation. Was it my square head? Was it my ridiculous mop? Nobody knows. No, it's because
2: you were shagging a starfish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and now my my rectum is the size of my earlobes, so I don't even fart anymore. It just flies out. That's got to stay in because the way we're going to edit this, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> right, so who is it? It's 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 Andy first. You go first, I
2: think. Yeah. Sixty pound. Sixty pounds. Ninety pounds. <sighs> They're quite pricey, these things.
0: One hundred and eighty-nine oh, pounds. Yeah, yeah. Is that yeah, a yeah, decider? Is it? Is
2: that? This is a that is. That is. That is. That is. That is. This is a
0: good game. (laughs) Some supreme quilted deluxe toilet tissue from Andrex, 54 pack. Ollie down. I tell you what, 54 pack.
1: The price of toilet rolls gone up. I'm going to go 54 packs. I'm going to go £25.
0: Oh, twenty. It's not fucking.
2: Pounds. It's not fucking oil. It Does not go up and down the pack? The value of the toilet tissue. 20, of
0: course it does. No,
2: no. no it doesn't. It's not here. fucking oil. Of course it does. No, it doesn't. It's not like because oh, it's coronavirus. the you know, the, the value of up and down. Toilet tissue is toilet tissue. It's buying again,
0: Ollie? All 20, 24 pounds. Twenty five pound. pounds. He went for twenty
2: five pound. Twelve pound. Fifty <laughs> four
0: toilet rolls. 54 bytes of toilet roll. I think you've massively undersold yourself there. The correct answer to the penny is twenty-three pounds. Oh, yes. three pence, three two. What game? Amazon's a rip-off. You
2: can go to Lidl and get it for a lot
0: cheaper than that. I tell you, (laughs) Ollie is the winner. Ollie is one nil up in Ollie versus rubbish
2: that's a good little isn't it? <laughs> it's got a little
0: wine glass trophy <laughs> do you like that a good little game a little pub quiz game that would be right, wouldn't it yeah yeah We're yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah like, that, like
0: that like that like that like that that's it tonight guys I think we've a good little pilot episode there um, I really enjoyed myself I hope you both have enjoyed yourselves yeah yeah
2: definitely definitely, definitely.
0: Good, you know. Hopefully, there's a there's at least a second episode in us. Um, if you listen to this, could follow us on Twitter. We're at Toe End Bar Pod. Andy, what are we on Facebook?
2: We are at Toe End Bar.
0: Perfect. We will be on Spotify. Um, the, the first episode of this will be on Spotify. We'll chuck it up on SoundCloud. Ollie is our iTunes guru, so it will never be on iTunes, but it might it might somehow appear there one day. It might um, make it by luck. <laughs> we'll be everywhere we're going to set up an Instagram account in the future we're going to do away days we're going to have guests on Um, you know we'd love to hear your submissions if you've listened to this I know this podcast is going to be about an hour and a half two hours long by the end we cut it down so if you listen to this fair play to you I wouldn't Um, but if you are fantastic um find us on twitter find us on facebook we'll set up an instagram in the future if you want to be a guest if you've got something that you're really passionate about if you've got an element a moment of sport or a moment of, of of anything you want to talk about that you think you know i will chat about this at the pub get in touch you know if you want us to chat about it if you want to join us you know we'll certainly line some stuff up in the future um and and yeah I, that's my closing thoughts thanks for sticking with us it will get better it will get smoother i promise um, and, and and you know thank you thank you very much for listening, and we will we will speak to you soon.